Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators are you thinking about your life as your best days are behind you or are you thinking about your life as your best days are ahead of you doesn't matter if you're 30 40 70 80 years old right you can still believe that your best days are ahead of you and for whatever capacity you still have that you can continue to grow and be stronger that's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. But your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man whose stare is so intimidating that he has never had to read a book. He simply stares it down until he gets what he wants. That's right, friends, the former (laughs) Navy SEAL. Garrett Unklebach, a man who doesn't need to know how to read good, but still can. I wish I could learn that way, or just osmosis and just put the book to my brain, just absorb the knowledge through it. That'd be next level, man. Yeah. That would be so next level. You just sleep on books, wake up smarter. What a, what a cheat code that would be. Amazing. Anyways, we're not looking at cheat codes today, G. We are coming off talking the Talking about the opposite of cheat codes. Yeah, we're talking about the opposite of cheat codes. We are going to be redefining strength. For uh, everyone today. Yeah, talking about strength. I think one of the coolest uh, stories in history of strength, this is a uh, this is a mythological story, you know, don't really know how true it is, but it's Milo of Croton, if you know Greek history. Um, Milo was said, he was kind of, a, uh, people say this story or that Milo was the founder of progressive strength because he carried a, an ox on his back uh, every day from the time it was born mm. and then eventually uh, ran a mile with a full-grown ox on his back. How how long goes this? This this is like Greek mythology story. Okay, right. But you do there's also some other really, you know, there's a lot of like uh really cool historical strength feats. There's a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard him, look this guy up. His name's Angus McCaskill. 
Angus, what's really cool about that, he's a giant. He was 7'9", 7'9", 510 pounds. And what's cool, too, is, like, different than, like, Andre the Giant and guys like that, uh, Angus McCaskill did not have giantism. Um, So, like, didn't have any of those, you know, like, strange diseases that made someone big. He was just a for real massive human. And he's from the 19th century. There's pictures of him. Is he Scottish? Um. I think he's he's British or Scottish. He's from that. He's with a name like that, I'm like Angus Macaskill. Yeah, he's a, he's a Highlander for oh, sure. Wonderful. Um, but seven nine, five hundred and ten, uh, five hundred ten pounds. There's a bunch of like things that he could do, but two of the ones I'll mention: he could pick up a full grown horse and li- <laughs> lift it over a fence, oh, like pick up a horse and lift it over a fence, and he could also pick up a a um, a full size ship's anchor which was around 2500 pounds to his chest. Dang. He would walk around with like cannonball barrels uh you know one in each arm 350 pounds. Like this is this isn't like mythological this is historical and documented. Like uh, real life Jack and the He beast, and he was um I'm pretty sure he also toured uh with the original um PT Barnum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Seven, seven foot nine, 510 pounds, no giantism, just a, a mega strong human. Different type of strength, and we'll get into different types of strengths. But I also like one of the most impressive, it's a different type of strength, but one of the most impressive feats of strength in recent history is Dean McCaskill ran 350 miles straight without sleeping. Wow. Um, without stopping, 350 miles. It took him like 80 hours. Jeez, man. Ran, ran nonstop. Did it, like didn't even he didn't stop to walk at all. Nope, ran wow. nonstop for for uh, eighty hours, three hundred fifty miles. Yeah, you know humbling that is for me to hear, considering that we are dude, uh, our dude was a boss. That's insane. But the, so, why are we telling those stories? A because they're fascinating, and I learned uh, something new about that Scottish guy, which I love. But B, when you like think about somebody that you know that's strong, right? And actually, I'll tell you what, even more fun than that, if you go back, I think it was like 1980s Saturday Night Live. Like, I don't know anybody that watches Saturday Night Live anymore. But if you go back, there was that old skit that they had. They had Hans and Franz that were there to pump you up. And then they also had, uh, they had this show. I think it was with, um, I don't even know who the actors are. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But they would have this show, and they were making fun of people in the gym because it was a, a call-in radio show. And every <laughs> single time someone would call in, they'd be like, hey, Mike, how you doing? How much you bench? Like, that was the first thing that they would how ask. How much them. you bench? How much you bench? And it became like a, it was kind of a little colloquialism. That was a joke like, hey, how much you bench? But that is truthfully how people think of strength. It's like, oh, what do you put up? How far can you run? You know, that's how we measure it. We're going to be looking at strength in in your physical area, but we're going to be looking at five specific areas in your yeah, life. Yeah, this is today. one of those ones that people will overlook, right? Yes. You think you like you think you know what strength mean, strength means, and we all have a standard definition of it. But we're going to maybe expand on the definition and expand your way of thinking around yeah. strength. Yeah, I know for sure. And, and why did we choose to talk about strength after our four part leadership series? I think it's really important. First of all, it was fun to wrap up the four part series, but I. I I wanted people to look at some of the things that are involved in growing in your strength because a big part of what we talked about was self-leadership. And as you're going to see when we get into all these, there's going to be a lot of choices and decisions you have to make based on your definition of what strength is in these areas that's going to force you to choose. So I I just want to let everybody know our thinking behind uh, why that matters. Now, G, why should should somebody want to be strong? We we looked up what it it means to be weak to answer this question. And um, 
yeah, I was telling you about a pop song I heard on the radio today, literally, where it's like, I'm weak and what's wrong with that? That's literally like the Man, chorus. Mu- music is disappointing today. And I don't mean like in how trendy it sounds, but uh, so much like recently trendy music, I've listened to the lyrics of it. And or like once I, I, I listen to them, like, oh, it's such a cool sound. And then I listen mm-hmm. to the lyrics. I'm like, I'll never listen to this song 100%. again. 100%. I'm the same, dude. Yeah. But yeah, the definition of, of weakness is to yield, to fail, to give way to, or uh, or to to be poor in health. So I don't think we really want to be weak anywhere. Right, exactly. Yeah, so there you go. So why do you want to be strong? Because you don't want to be weak, 100%. Now, you talked about definitions. Uh, you have a great definition of strength, and I've actually shared it on our uh, Instagram quote of the day before, but I love that you you said once that strength is not defined by how much you can pick up, but by what you don't have to put down. And that yeah. was a Garrett Unklebach original. Oh, thank you. Yeah, strength is not about what you can pick up, but what you don't have to put down just quickly for me, like where I developed that thought process from years ago as I was really, and you know, I'm always in a state of growth, like where I'm at today would have been very difficult for me a year ago. And what I was doing last year would have been very difficult for me two years ago. Mm. But a few years ago, as I was making this shift into entrepreneurship, making this shift into more positions of leadership and speaking and things like that, I remember having this week in front of me, I remember having this week and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have so much this week. Like I have this speaking event and then I have this like coaching and business seminar and then I have to speak again. And then I have, and then I have this thing. I remember having a week. uh, It was a lot. Like I had somehow stacked a lot of stuff in one week. And I remember like feeling so not just nervous, but like so much pressure to perform and like, man, I've really got to prepare and all of these things, which are good feelings. But at the same, same time, I remember having this thought with myself and you hear people talk about this all the time. Like, man, I've really got to be on. Yeah. Big time. Like I've got to be on for this engagement. I've got to be on for this over there. And I got to be on for this thing. And I think people can have this thought where they have to be on. And I checked myself there because I started thinking about uh, really my vision for my life, where I wanted to be in the future. I started thinking about my ideal self and how my ideal self would handle this situation, mm. how the person that I want to become would feel about the, you know, what felt like a massive weight to me today. I know for the person I want to become in the future, this will be a very small weight. And so I had this thought, maybe instead of trying to like, man, I got to be on in this moment. Maybe I just need to level up Mm. what my standard, what my standard level is. And kind of in the thought process of like, well, your look at being on is like wearing a weight vest. Yeah. Right. And I, um, when I was training to be a SEAL, I didn't know much about uh, being a SEAL. Didn't, there was not a lot of programs or books out there or anything, uh, but there was that workout, the Murph, uh, right. which had a, yes. a weight vest. And so I bought a weight vest, did the Murph like six days a week. I didn't, had no idea what I was doing, which that did help me in some level, but also I was, fell very short in a lot of other areas. But anyways, I uh, had this 40 pound vest that I would wear for these workouts. And then I began wearing it more and more. And this is when I was 18 years old. And in that same thought process, think about being on like wearing that weight vest where it's like, you know, eventually, you know, you, the first time you put on a 40 pound weight vest and I used to have a a hundred pound one that I would train with too. The first time you put those on, like, you're like, man, I got to get this thing off of me. Like it really bears on you. Like it's harder to breathe. Everything just feels more difficult, but the more you wear it, you kind of get used to it. Yes. And you know, you're not going to wear a 40 pound weight vest all the time because it takes up a lot of space, but maybe in the thought process of your mental strength and your personal capacity, 
it's kind of like putting this weight vest on yeah. and then eventually one day you don't take it off. Right. right. And so this is the conversation that I was having with myself about really growing what my level of on was to like, Hey, maybe I just need to not take this weight vest off ever again. Yeah. Right. Because putting the weight vest on you, you have this thought process of like, Oh man, I'm tired and this is draining. But if you wear it all the time, you're going to say, I'm never taking this off. So I've got to figure out how to have more energy. I've got to figure out how to be stronger because I can't put this thing down. And so that's where I really kind of developed this thought process of strength isn't about what you can pick up or what you can do for a moment, but strength is more so about the things that you don't have to put down. Yeah. I just want to highlight something you said in case people missed it. So you talked about how what you're doing now or even what you did last year would have been really, really hard for Garrett of two years ago. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating because it's easy to think, oh, well, Garrett, you, know, you said to me actually recently, you're like, I'm the best I've ever been. Like, and you started listening off and I love yeah, the, that. The only area I don't feel that way and I'm, I'm working on changing it right now is physically. Right. But, but that's a big statement to make. And I remember when you said to me, I was like, I love that dude. Because I think it would be easy for somebody to be like, oh, well, here's this Navy SEAL. Clearly the best he would have been was when he was, you know, five years in or whatever. And he's, he's fully trained and, and you were just an absolute killer. And I think it's amazing that you said, no, no, Garrett, that was fresh out, would not have been able to ha handle all of, like his capacity wasn't what Garrett's of now is. And I love that. So when you're talking about why you want to be stronger, we said, okay, yeah, you want to avoid weakness. But if you don't have the capacity, like what, what you're ready for is ready for you, right? Yeah, the old you, saying goes. And we didn't really like prep this in the thought process for today, but I want to give you this. If, uh, you know, whatever age you are, are you thinking about your life as your best days are behind you? Mm. Or are you thinking about your life as your best days are ahead of you? It doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, 70, 80 years old right? You can still believe that your best days are ahead of you. And for whatever capacity you still have, that you can continue to grow and be stronger, right? Because we want to give you this thought process uh, so you can see strength is more and so that you can grow and become more because so much of this podcast is about uh, growing. So we hope that you'll have a growth mindset around your capacity for strength and that you will see your best days as ahead of you. So you're thinking, I have to get stronger because more is coming. Yes. I can say there's a you and I text each other a lot, and there, I think two things we text all the time is today matters and the best is yet to come. Like those are regular yep. sayings because we truly believe them. Now, when we're we're going to apply a filter to a lot of the areas that we're talking about in life, and we went to Garrett's beloved Noah Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary to get some of these definitions. There was like twenty definitions. Yeah, there was there was twenty <laughs> definitions in the Webster's dictionary, and I kind of synthesized them into a few definitions. Yeah. Um. So. We'll, we'll reference back to a few of these uh, throughout the episode. But the first definition is, and, and I, I've simplified them as well, right? First definition, though, would be the ability to move yourself and other things, other people, other objects, right? Ability to move yourself and to move other things. That's definition number one. Definition number two is simply your ability to not be moved, yeah. Right. So different than your ability to move yourself and others is your ability to stay in place. Mm. Right. And that's, you know, you, you would see that more so used in the strength of an object, like the strength of a wall or the strength of a pillar. Yeah. Uh, but also that can be a type of strength that you have is your ability to not be moved. Mm. Like we that. have definition number three, the strength of your spirit. These are the thing. This is your strength. That's not just your flesh. Right. This is the strength of the spirit that God put in you. This is your strength of everything that's in you. That's not your physical body. Mm. Number four uh, definition is uh, strength in the context of validity. 
or the strength of truth. Uh, think like the strength of an argument. Right. And then definition number five would be strength in the context of vividness or purity. Think like uh, strength of a color or even uh, strength of character. Yeah. Right. How much of your character is it really? Yeah. Like uh, you can think of uh, like on the, the vividness purity that you could also like, you could put it on a scale, like a one to 100 scale, right. like the, the strength of a color yes. from yeah. one to 100 or the strength of your character from one to 100 and 100 being its purest form. And so those are the five synthesized definitions from uh, the mini and nose Webster. And we'll talk about these in relation to the different functions and, and places that we can have strength in our life. Yeah. And we're going to probably reference one and two more than the others, just to give you a, a heads up what's gone into, which was your ability to move yourself and others, and then your ability to be unmoved because those apply in such interesting ways. Um, so a lot of people, whenever they're trying to find out how strong they are, they think like, okay, what would it take to break? And actually medical device, like the medical world has stress tests, right? And that's something that a lot of people maybe have done where you get on, you, you know, you run, you see how high your heartbeat goes and your blood pressure and all that. And fortunately, yeah, we, did, we did lots of stress yeah. tests in the military. Some of them were like a truly facilitated stress test. And like, if a guy would get a heat injury, he would actually have to go do like a heat stress test. But I mean, a lot of SEAL training is a stress test. I mean, BUDS is a stress test. Yeah. It's a stress test on your character, right? It's a stress test on your body? Do you break? How strong are you? Um, a lot of different types of stress tests. The, um, when I was at team three, um, the training that we would do. So like you train to become a seal and then the training never stops. I mean, all of being a seal is training. Yeah. Like a small portion of it is deployment, right? If you think about for an NFL player, how much That's of his, true. how much of his life yeah. is, you know, how much time he's spent practicing football Versus how much time he has spent while on the game, you know, on the field while the yeah. game clock is yeah. running, right? So much Very more similar. football yeah. outside of the game clock versus to the game clock. Um, and when I got to team three and we did our first workup, man, we went and did this training out in the desert, the Salton Sea area. It's like an hour and a half east of San Diego. You know, you, you go over the mountains and it goes from being yes. nice and, you know, this breeze from the ocean to it, be, it turns into a nasty desert. And we would train out there. And uh, someone you might have heard of, you know, Jocko Willink had designed this training. As I was checking into Team 3, uh, Jocko was checking out of the Navy. I had the pleasure of hearing him speak a few times. And when I first got to Team 3, like, it was just Jocko this, Jocko that. And I'm like, who is this? This is before anybody ever heard of him or right. before Extreme Ownership came yeah. out. And I'm like, who's this guy that everyone talks about all the time? And what kind of name is Jocko? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is no disrespect at all. I have the utmost respect for Jocko. He's an incredible human, incredible thinker. Uh, so much of who the SEAL teams are today yeah. and the reputation they have has a lot to do with him. You know, what you think of a, a Navy SEAL really has nothing to do with Garrett Uncle Bach. Mm. But uh, a little bit of what you think a Navy SEAL is has to do with Jocko. Yeah, big time. Uh, But anyways, we did this training, and uh, he was a pretty intense guy. They had come back from a difficult deployment in austere conditions in Iraq. And he's like, you know what? I'm going I'm to make sure other people are ready for what we went through. And so we would train out in the desert. I mean, literally it's 120 degrees in the middle of the day. There's, the, I mean, it's the, it is the desert. Yeah. Like guys, uh, soles would melt off of their shoes cause they would, it would get so hot. So many guys would get, uh, heat injuries and serious heat exhaustion. And we would do run after run after run in the middle of the day. I mean, 120 degrees, you're wearing all your body armor, sprinting, doing combat drills, 
picking up your buddy and carrying him like sometimes miles like it was insane and Jeez. i got there right after jocko had left and the guy said you know who had been in the previous workups had said like this isn't even as bad you know he had designed the training but it had come down a notch since he had left Jeez, man thank god we don't have stress tests like that for normal people <laughs> like, oh. that, that came around because i said to g i was like oh stress test or something everyone can relate to what were your stress tests like and he comes out with that story and i just was like that is uh i don't know why i expected anything less but <laughs> well let's let's jump into it yeah so let's we're going to jump into the five areas and, and what we're going to do so the five areas are physical finance relational emotional and mental or as they say in the uk mental mental um so but we're going to talk about how we think of them kind of by default, like what the common accepted thinking is. And then we're going to apply this filter. And the whole point of this is we're hoping to grow your perspective so that you can think in a different way about these areas of your life. Because we've talked about this before. The whole of this podcast is really just heightening people's awareness. Like you have yep. to take action for it to really impact your life. But gee, we're blessed, man. We get, we get, uh, I mean, the messages we receive from people who are like, Hey, thank you. We've done this, this, and this from listening to you guys for anyone that sent that, Thank you so much because it really does bless and encourage us. That's what we're here for. So I just wanted to uh, say that while it was on my we, mind. We appreciate you guys. We do, man. So the very first let's, one. Let's go to a deeper level. Let's go to a deeper level. Physical. Gee, I think most people, this is like what we talked about. How much can you bench? How far can you run? Right? Like how, how much fat do you yeah, have Yeah, and I body? think a lot of people look at someone as strong when they see that they have big muscles. Yeah, big time. Right? And, and because a lot of times that is evidence of it, mm -hmm. but it's not direct. You know, right. you can have, I, I know guys that have massive mus muscles that have, you know, slightly above average, you know, they're way above average in muscularity, yeah. slightly above average in physical strength and, mm. and the opposite. I know a guy, um, happy to shout him out. He was the strength and conditioning coach at NSW, Josh Everett. Um, you know, he looks like above average muscularity, yeah. extremely, extremely above average in strength, just such a strong, uh, human which leads me to like, and again, this want to expand, you know, we're going to use physical as an example, and then we'll get into the other topics of how much more there is in each one of these uh, areas of strength. So physical, you may think that strength is just about how much muscle you have. Well, the founder of uh, CrossFit, a guy named Greg Glassman, um, wrote a paper on called, you know, early, it was 2001 or 2002, wrote a paper called What is Fitness? And I remember mm -hmm. when I read this for the first time, I was like, man, that really, it just makes you realize like there is so much more to strength because I got really into lifting weights in high school and, you know, read the bodybuilding Bible and, and Arnold's book and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's so much more to fitness than you think. Um, 10, just, I'm just going to give these to you really quick, just to, just to give you an example that there's so much more to it than you would think. Uh, Greg Gla Glassman's 10 modalities of strength or 10 mo modalities of fitness. Number one, cardiovascular respiratory endurance. The ability of a body system of body systems to gather, process, and deliver oxygen. Okay, that's a type of strength. Like yeah. how well can you process oxygen? Number two, stamina. Different, you know, people would think number one and number two are the same. Yeah. They're not. Number two, stamina. The ability of body systems to process, deliver, store, and utilize energy, right? Like your food and yeah. the energy in your body. Number three, strength. The ability of a muscular unit or combination of muscular units to apply force. Yeah, that's okay. what we all think of. Yeah. Number four, flexibility. The ability to maximize the range of motion at mm. a given joint. Yeah. Okay. Number five, power. The ability of a muscular unit or combination of muscular units to apply maximum force in minimum time. How quickly you can yeah. apply strength over time. Number six, speed. The ability to minimize the time cycle of a repeated movement. Number seven, coordination. The ability to combine 
combine several distinct movement patterns into a singular distinct movement. Number eight, agility. The ability to minimize transition time from one movement pattern to another. Number nine, balance. The ability to control the placement of the body's center of gravity in relation to its support base. Number 10, accuracy. The ability to control movement in a given direction or to give an intensity. I read those quickly for a reason. Like I, it should feel yeah, exhausting yeah. the amount of, or the, the different types of ways that you can be strong and have physical ability, yeah. right? It's not just what you would traditionally find at define as strength, the ability to apply force. And so in that same way, um, we're going to move into some of the other ones, but I want to, I want you to have this example of how like physical strength is a lot more than just, can I pick up a weight? There's a lot more to it. Yeah. You, you, you said that like there was, cause I mean, you saw some insane athletes in the teams I did, and you said there were some guys that were just physical specimens, but would break, they, they, they would break. And that's a different type of, yeah, I, I know, I know what Nick wants me to, <laughs> I know what Nick's leading me into here. Um, one of the things I've talked about with Nick, I think this isn't a, a type of strength and this is, this is a physical type of strength, but not a type of strength that a lot of people, um, think about or, or have much reference for is your abilities, your body's ability to not break, right. which would be the number two version of strength, right? Your ability to not be moved. I saw guys all through SEAL training, lots of guys with like great physical ability. I knew a, a guy, he was a, he's from a legacy family. Multiple of his brothers were SEALs. The dude was a physical stud, looked the part, acted the part, but his body kept breaking. Hmm. He just kept having injury after injury after injury when other guys wouldn't. Um, you know, I saw this when there was a huge study and, you know, this is going to, you know, make some, this is going to hurt somebody's feelings and I don't really care if it does. Um, when I was leaving the SEAL teams, they were doing a huge study on men versus women in the SEAL teams. Right. And this is when, you know, Congress was pushing for this and, you know, Rancorp, if you know who they are, came in and big, like did like a big study and all of this stuff. And they brought the data and the facts with them. And a lot of people made their great arguments was really interesting was they were looking for like the input from the seals and like really how they felt and thought about it. Um, which, you know, Congress ended up approving it anyways, even though so many officers made some really incredible uh, meaningful arguments. What was interesting was when Rancorp showed up and briefed all of us before, you know, we made our submissions, they told us some really interesting facts that they had already discovered on women versus men. And one of the things they talked about was, <laughs> it's crazy that we were even having this conversation. It's like, that should have been the outlier right there. Um, one of the things they talked about was the injury rate of women, right? Right. The average seal in training get, I think it's like, uh, it was like, 1.9 or 2.1 times like the average, like the average person gets injured multiple times in seal training, like doesn't even make it through. You are rare. The person who starts with a class finishes with a class. Huh. Like I, I didn't, yeah. um, you know, I failed pool comp. Um, I got an infection in my leg, you know, this is multiple roles right there. This is rare. The seal who just start to finish no mistakes, no injuries or anything. And they extrapolated that the injury rate of, of men in SEAL training against the injury rate of men and women in like sports, like mm. they used basketball, yeah. for example, like just the, I don't, I remember the, the specific data, but it was, you know, if you looked at the number of ACL tears yeah. in male basketball players versus the number of ACL tears in female basketball players, like that's very apples to apples. Yeah. Playing same sport, playing yeah. the same game, like 10 foot hoop. Yeah. Nothing's different except the size of the basketball. Yeah. Right. That's not what's causing the ACL tears. Yeah. Women were getting injured 
uh, just just NBA because that was the most like to like sport. And all the other ones, there's just too much. There's a little bit of difference. Yeah, so much more women, so many more women were having injuries like ACL tears in the NBA than men, and they were they had all this data around how much more women get injured in sports huh. than men. And they said it was like five or six times would be like for if a woman could, which I don't believe a woman can, if a woman could make it through SEAL training, they would get injured five or six times. Wow. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying that to dog on women. What I am saying and giving my opinion on, so sorry if you're um, upset about Garrett giving his opinion on something because we don't give a lot of opinions on here. Um, but giving my opinion on, on women's place and, and special operations. You know, I've had some, I've had some girls reach out to me on Instagram before. I don't, I don't know if it was valid or not. It kind of seemed like people trolling, but asking like, cause I get a lot of tadpoles who reach out to me and say, Hey, can, you know, yeah. have a question or whatever about uh, becoming a seal. Uh, but I would have, I've had some young women reach out to me and like, Hey, you know, I want to become a seal. I've just not responded Yeah. Uh, because what I'm not going to do is crush your dream. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to crush your dream to your face. I don't, I don't, believe that women should be in the SEAL teams. I don't think it's a place for them. Um, for w- one of those reasons being that women are very different than men. Yeah. Um, and it's apparent physically. Um, so anyways, that's yes. where you wanted me to go. I went there. I appreciate it. And uh, I think it's interesting, man, because it's the kind of thing that you don't, uh, not everybody always thinks about. The big takeaway from there, what you think, is, like no one would say, hey, I got hurt. I'm physically weak. Well, actually, there's 10 different modalities for physical strength. Take that same thought process, and we start with physical because it's one that people can understand easily. Now let's go into finance, okay? So here's the default. Finance, G, I'm doing great, and I'm strong financially because I have insert X amount of months of savings, and I can afford to tithe, and I'm not paycheck to paycheck, so I'm strong financially, and isn't that great? And I think that that's most people's definition, or they'll have a certain amount of money that they earn a year. Like when I get to six figures, then I'm strong financially. And that's right. like people don't realize that that's the standard they're walking around with, but that's the story and the definition that they're telling themselves. Yeah. So, you know, and that's just even just giving like a, um, that's, that's a high level for a default level of strength. Yeah, yeah, We're giving true. a high level default level of financial strength, meaning that, you know, you have, you don't live paycheck to paycheck. You have a level of savings, you know, living in the circle that Nick and I live in youth tithe and things like that. <clears throat> That would be, we're calling that default, right? Right. And so let's talk about what would be a higher level and not even that those things are bad, but how can we expand our thinking? Let's look at financial strength through the lens of uh, Noah Webster's definitions, right? Number one being the ability to move yourself and others. Yes. Think about that as your, how, like your ability to produce income. Yeah. Right. Do I, am I just, am I just strong? Like, do I just have strong biceps or am I strong overall? Right. Meaning, can I just produce income in this one lane or do I have, you know, think like, and it's not like I think it's the greatest sport or anything like that, but let, think about like uh, being a bodybuilder yeah. versus uh, being a CrossFit athlete. Right. Right. Um, CrossFit athletes are a little bit more functional than a bodybuilder uh, being if, and I'm not hating on bodybuilders. Um, I have friends here, professional bodybuilders, shout out to, you know, Steve Kuklo, great friend of mine um, who's, you know, been on the, the stage of some of the fittest men in history. Um, but if I was thinking about, and, and, and Steve's actually incredibly strong. Yeah. He's not one of those bodybuilders who's just muscle. Right. He's like mega strong. <laughs> Worked out with him a couple of times. Dude is mega strong. But, um, talking about like muscularity versus strength, um, and financial capacity, like you may look strong, right? right? Yes. Like that's, so that's, you know, looking like you have money, like having a Rolex, having nice cars, you look strong, right? right. It's like the same as having muscles, yeah. 
uh, but are you actually strong? Uh, expanding on that more, still in definition number one, maybe you have really strong arms. Do you have a strong back? Do you have strong legs? Right. Are you strong overall in your income ability? Or do you just have one thing that like I can just sell really well and that's all that I have? Right. So think about number one is just your ability to produce income. Let's think about number two, your ability to not be moved. Okay. Look, look at it in the sense of the income abilities that I have, how easily can those be taken away from me? Mm, yeah. Right. Or do I have the ability, do I, do I have things that I can always go out and produce income and also think in the definite, in the sense of definition number two, financially, this would also be like savings and your ability to not be taken out of financial security. Yeah. Like we had talked to some of the examples we talked about was like, you know, nobody would think about a good insurance policy as like a strength, but like you said, Hey, what if a car wreck happens? Not yeah, your if, fault. What if, if you like, are, say you're a mega high income producer, right? Um, but that's like, you don't have a lot of passive income Yeah, and passive income would be a great thing to put, you know, in the second definition of yes, strength ability to not be moved. And you could also, you could look at, you could dig into your different types of passive income and, and how stable are they and things like that. Um, but say you just have a lot of personal, um, income producing ability, um, an insurance policy against, you know, what, not just if you die, right. Not just life insurance policy, but also what if you get in a car accident and mm. it takes you seven months to recover and yeah. you're, you know, you were, you're a, um, self-performer, you know, you don't have a job, you, you know, you either coach or you sell or you're a real estate agent, things like that, where you can produce a lot of money, but if you're not working, you're not making money. Yeah. What happens if you get in a car accident and you can't work for seven months? Yeah. Right. No. Um, and then the last thing I'll say financially, um, using definition three, the spirit, the things that aren't the physical, right? I would, I would call this really your mindset and level of thinking mm. around finance, right? The things that affect you that don't, that aren't physical, right? Maybe you have a lot of money in your bank account and maybe, um, you're still producing lots of income, but a way that you could be weak is the way that you think about money. Mm, if you have a fear, good. if you have a fear thought process yes. around money, like, or just looking at the, there's people like this have, you know, have lots of zeros in the bank account, high income producers, but the economy, you know, goes through a tough season and they start thinking the wrong way and yeah. they start making the wrong decisions. Mm. Right. No, that's good. G. I like that. Um, all right. Next one up was relational. So this is an interesting one because I think for most people, their their definition, and, and remember, I'm talking about what I think people think are strong relationships, like a default acceptance. Default acceptance of do I have strong relationships is how much time do I spend with them? Uh, how much do I enjoy spending time with them? And do we agree on the things like agreeability? Do we like the same stuff? Do we hate the same stuff? And that's really like people will look at those strength, strong relationships like, oh, we, I we get along so well. I love this person. They're just fantastic. And that's how, that's how you, defi you define strong relationships. But as soon as you start going like, okay, let's look, at some, let's look at a different definition of strength. Like, are you unmoved? I think a lot of relationships are relationships of convenience. And so you, what you think is like a really strong relationship is actually you just worked at the same place for two years. And so you guys would hang out after work or maybe at the weekends. And then as soon as you went to different jobs, you don't even talk to that person anymore. And that was like your strongest relationship. And I think that's a very common example for most people. I think um, just talking about relationally and, and something that you said there for a lot of people, you know, they define their relationships or they, they choose their relationships through agreeability, you mm -hmm. know, and just people that they spent time with. But agreeability, like a lot of people, a default relationship is someone that they know that dislikes the same thing yes. as them. Right. And, that, and by the way, that's a poor relationship. 
I don't remember the quote specifically, uh, but Ronald Reagan would talk about this, um, about the difference in types of politicians and the difference in people of people who only know what they're against versus Mm. the people who know what they're for. And think about the politicians, even the ones that you like and uh, question and examine them, whether they spend most of their time talking about what they're against or what they're for. Yeah. Because great leaders will tell you about what they're for, not what they're against. Mm. But that's like a default level of relationships in the context of strength uh, relationally. And and by the way, I want to give a shout out to a great book, something that you can learn from and, and relates to strength uh, in the context of relationships is a book called Compelling People. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't remember the author, uh, but a book called Compelling People. And he talks about the ability to, this is the, the simple juice of the book, the ability to compel others is two things. It's strength and it's warmth. Warmth is people know how much you care. Uh, people believe that you care about them. And when you have that, people will listen to you and people trust you. They trust that you have their best interests in mind. And then the other is strength. Strength, in, in the way they talk about in that book, strength is your ability to get things done. Strength is you say you can do something and you're going to go do it. If people uh, see you as warm, but they don't see you as strong, they'll be friends with you, mm. but they won't necessarily follow you. If someone sees you as strong, but they don't see you as warm, they'll respect you, but they won't follow you. Yeah. But when you are both strong and warm, that's when people will listen to you and that's when people will follow you because they believe you have their best interests in mind and they believe that you can make things happen, Mm. right? Um, So just wanted to give that reference really quick relationally. But looking at um, the the, the first two definitions of strength as it relates to relationship, uh, number one, the ability to move yourself and others, right? I would tell you that's the ability to influence others positively Mm. to help someone in a relationship to bring your best to a relationship right to move yourself and to move things into the relationship to make your relationship better Mm. um and then the second definition of strength in the context of relationship your ability to not be moved um a great reference for that is my mentor pastor keith not necessarily a quote, but something he talks about often is how he is in relationships is that in the relationships that, that he has chosen people that are important to him, he'll never leave them. Mm. They would have to leave him. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's kind of an example of what definition two is and that I can't be forced out of this. Mm. Like I have chosen this and I know what I want in this relationship and I can't be moved away in in a negative way. Yeah. I I think that's such, these are all kind of shifts in what, how to assess whether something's strong in your life. Uh, Next up was emotional G. And I think for this one, I think people are going to say, well, it's the quality of my emotions. If I feel happy more than I feel sad, if I feel, you know, good more than I feel bad, then I'm strong. I have strong emotional control or strong, not, not, not control. Sorry. I have strong emotions. Uh, I'm strong emotionally. And we're saying that that is not the case. Yeah. Ha- happiness is not your, the quality of your emotions, how right. happy you are. Um, let's look at it in the context of these definitions, right? Number one, the ability to move yourself and others mm. in the context of emotion. This is, are you able to change how you feel? Yeah. Man. Right? Like I'm right now I feel sad. Right now I feel depressed. And I'm going to do things the same way that things happen to you and they influence how you feel. You can also influence how you feel. Yes. Right? So number one is your ability to move yourself 
emotionally yeah, from big. where you are to where you want to be, mm-hmm. right? And you need to have a desire for that. Just like you need to have a desire to be physically strong. You don't want to be physically weak. You need to have a desire to be emotionally strong and then to, uh, to train and to prepare yourself and back that up with a capacity that when I feel stressed, when I feel afraid, when I feel whatever this negative emotion is, I can move myself to the right emotion. Yeah. It's uh, an important strength to have. Huge unlock there. And the second, the second, definition of strength, the ability to not be moved, right? This is kind of like the, the opposite in that, like I'm in this difficult situation, but I'm not going to let it move me emotionally. I'm not going to let this make me angry. I'm not going to let this make me upset. I'm not going to let this make me afraid. Yeah, no, I love that. That's just, if you didn't catch what he just said, press rewind. I think it rewinds in 30 second increments. Go listen to what Garrett just said again. Cause when you can truly learn to change your emotions, so many people experience their emotions. Like it's the weather like, Oh, well that's the way it's going today. No. When you actually understand that you can cultivate your inner emotions and in your thought life, man, that that's when you really start to become truly a strong person. Uh, and that leads us to our final, uh, final area, which is mental strength, as they would say in the UK. And this is, I think for most people, it's, it's, you know, mental health has been a huge focus after COVID. So mm-hmm. this is something that's on, I think for most people, it's managing negative thoughts, right? Like, oh, you know, how often are you having really negative thoughts and can you kind of manage those things? And it, it ties, a lot of times mental health gets tied to depression and everything like that. Yeah, I think, I think the standard definition or default definition of mental health is like, are you managing your self-talk? Yeah. And that's with a, like a preconceived thought that that self-talk is negative. Right. Yeah. Right? And that's not true right? Your self-talk can be positive. And that all comes back to the things that, the, the things that you believe, what your values are, the people that you spend time yes. with, the environments that you spend time with, and your self-talk can become very positive instead of uh, very negative. So bringing this back to the, the definitions, one, the ability to move yourself and to move others. This is your ability to have your thinking, like how strong is your thinking? Mm. How much can your thinking, it's like, well, I'm not feeling motivated today, Yeah, right? I don't, I don't want to do these things, but here's what I told myself. Here's what yes. I know is yes, right. So good. Let me, let me, um, you know, when I try to start talking myself out of, uh, getting up in the morning when I, when I'm feeling like hitting the snooze button, let me talk myself into it. Yeah. Right. Like that's how that, that is strong mm. self-talk. That's yeah. a strong yeah. mind. Right. And then number two, the ability to not be moved. This is and and some people would call this like a a type of weakness and and it's not right. I'm not talking about like your thinking can't be changed in in a a lack of a Socratic thought process. Right. But in the things that you know are true and the things that that you believe and the things that are in the visions that you have for your life, the things that you know in a sober mind are moving you in the right direction. Number two, your ability to not be moved, how strong you are mentally is how difficult of a thing that you can go through that it won't impact what you believe about yourself, Man. that it won't impact the vision that you have for yourself, that you won't let mm. you, you won't let your thoughts stray. You won't let your language stray when you're in the wrong environment, when you're around the wrong people, when you're seeing the wrong things, when you're not seeing the evidence that you want to see in your life, what does your self-talk sound like? Man, that reminds me of our resiliency episode, episode two. Uh, Cause that, that's, that is like true. We're, we're going to have to revisit that. Topic we really are. I agree. Well, I hope guys, we're going to wrap up. I really hope that you are seeing new definitions of strength. Once again, we highlighted the 10 modalities of physical strength because I think it blows open a very common strength that most people think they know. And that's what we were really aiming to do in all five areas of your life. So the challenge for today is a very logical one. 
pick one area we mentioned, physical, finance, relational, emotional, mental, and ask yourself the question. Apply what Garrett said whenever he put that definition. Remember, definition one was, are you able to move yourself and others, and are you unmoved? That'll have different applications in each area, but fortunately, Garrett gave you all the tools to that, and really ask yourself that question. We Our utmost hope is that your thinking and your awareness has been expanded so that you realize, hey, it's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to grow. It's time to get stronger because the world needs strong people. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.